All right, so we are on June the 22nd, 2023, and today I'm going to cover a little bit more in depth about our country, uh, specifically about the District of Columbia and what its rights and capabilities are. Now, right now I am using a software program that I found it, my notes were becoming a, a bit overwhelming. And so uh, I found this application called Obsidian that I've actually started putting all of my notes in. And so we're going to go through it to kind of see some of the Supreme Court cases that I've collected and, and some of the things that I'm using to back up what I'm about to say. So I'm, I'm going to try to stay out of any conjecture or ideas that have been put forth by other people and we're going to try to stick to what we know and and when i say what we know what we have absolute fact about so before we get started i wanted to kind of get into the constitution because it's important that we understand exactly what we're dealing with when we start talking about the federal government and and as well as the states so let's take a look at some of the things that are in the Constitution. I'm not going to read word for word through what all this stuff is doing. Um, but in Article 1, Section 8, we start to set up. And, and I wanted to, uh, I'll show you a little thing that some people may not know. Um, in the articles in the front part of the Constitution, you've got Articles 1 through 3 that actually cover setting up the, the federal government as far as the president and the Senate and House and the regulation or the rules and, and operating procedures and stuff of that part of the government. And then Articles 4, 5, 6, and 7 are covering the relationship between the federal government and the actual states. Um, so it kind of helps you with knowing which part of the, the Constitution to actually go and take a look at. But let's jump back over here to Article 1, Section 8. And so what we have is it is telling us that Congress has uh, the power to lay and collect taxes. And it says that it can only do so through enumerations or, uh, you know, being able to set up uh, uh, the the um, boy, my brain just left me. Um, And it says that we're, you know, it's going to take care of the taxes and stuff through the census and, and other things that the, the any taxes that they lay can't be on your, your income or your property. Uh, it has to be, you know, based on the headcount on all of the different states. So... Um, it also gives the, the United States the ability to coin money, regulate the value of, and so forth. It does not give the United States the ability to give that functionality over to a private company, which is what you know as the Federal Reserve, which is not part of the government. It's, it's all, you know, a big lie. So uh, the other thing is it says to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district. Now, and, and then it lays out not exceeding 10 miles and goes through how to set up this district. But I want to be very clear that when, when it refers to the United States in, in things like this, 
It's not talking about the several states. It's not talking about the United States of America, which is the entire country. It's actually talking about a very specific place, and it's called the district, and it's the district, what we know is the District of Columbia. And so it sets up where it can set this up and the fact that it will regulate all of the uh, properties, the territories, the, the properties that it has purchased from the individual states, as well as the 10 square miles that's been allocated to it. It will exclusively legislate those areas. In other words, the Constitution itself will not pay a part in the legislature of that district, what we'll call the federal zone. And so it, the Constitution lays out that that possibility or that that requirement so what that means is is when we look at the constitution and we say well how does the washington dc uh exclude the ability to own guns in that area well that's why because they they can legislate anything they want to it has nothing to do with the constitution of the united states so when this is a clarification that we have to be very, very careful with, and that is when you read the words the United States, rarely are you talking about the whole country. And, and we're going to get into some of the, the, the uh, UCC codes and those kind of things to kind of prove this fact. But rarely are you talking about the, the whole country when you say the words the United States. So the things that we have been taught to, to say, such as, are you a citizen of the United States? And you say, yes. What you're actually saying is that you are a citizen of the District of Columbia. And so you've got to be very specific about what it is you're saying. You're actually a citizen, a national, to be more clear, you're a national citizen of the state of Georgia or the state of Florida or the state of Texas. You're a citizen of that state. You're not a citizen of the United States because we are not, we don't reside in the United States. We don't work in the United States. So we are not citizens of the United States. And, and we really need to stop checking boxes for that your proper term if you want to get into what your proper term is is as far as the government the federal government is concerned is you are a a, a person that is a non-resident alien and and i'll get into why you're a non-resident alien in, a, in another podcast but right now you just need to know that you are actually a non-resident alien if you were born in a state and you have a birth certificate from that state that and parents that were actually citizens at the time that you were born so those are the requirements to be a citizen of the country of the state and then by being a citizen of that state you're automatically protected by the constitution but there's absolutely nothing that is requiring you to be a citizen of the united states because that puts you into a jurisdiction that you don't want to be in so and we're, we'll get into that so that was the main thing with with section eight is it setting up some of the rules who can make the money you know all that kind of stuff it also has in here to make the and it's talking about the district of columbia it says to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this constitution in the government of the united states so again it's not talking about the entire country 
because each state is a sovereign. Each state is actually uh, sovereign with respect to the United States, which means that they're all foreign to each other. And and we have Supreme Court cases that will show you the, where this has all been laid out. But a, a government, the, a, the state government is foreign to the United States government and vice versa. State governments are foreign to each other. And that's why, you know, laws in one state can't be applied to another state everything is completely isolated within itself so the united states government the the district of columbia is actually being set up in the constitution to represent the several states as a as a cohesive unit for the purpose of dealing with the international community so it gives one face to the world to represent the several states that actually make up the the country. And so, again, get that in your head. When you hear the word the United States, it is absolutely not the country. It is the District of Columbia. And, and so the next thing I want to look at here is Article 1, Section 2. Um, and it's talk, this is where we're talking about direct taxes and how they have to be apportioned for the several states. I also want to bring up the fact that you'll notice that the words states and citizens are capitalized in the Constitution. And the reason why is because the citizens and the, the states are the ones that are actually writing the Constitution. So it's the same as you say capitalizing the letter I when you're talking about yourself. And so the states are talking about themselves and therefore they capitalize those letters when they're when they're writing the constitution so when we go into article one section nine it says no capitation or other direct tax shall be proportioned to the census or enumeration herein so what this is essentially saying is that you can't tax income you you can't tax property so you can't tax make a direct tax against someone's property because the constitution doesn't allow it and and to kind of think through this you got to remember that the people that were writing the Constitution actually just got through fighting a war with Britain to free themselves of a king, of a dictator. So why in the world would they set up a document that is going to cause them all to be subject to some entity again? So everything is separated. The states are in their sovereign within themselves. The federal government is the representation to the world, and it has absolutely no jurisdiction inside of the several states unless there's a military base, a post office, a federal building, something that they have purchased. Then they legislate over that. That's why if you think about it, military bases, the state that the military base is located in can't legislate. They can't send police officers onto a military base to arrest someone. All of that is federal property, and the federal government has supreme dictatorship over that area. Now, it is worth mentioning while we're here, and I have Supreme Court cases that back up what I'm about to say, is th when they set this Constitution up, they actually had one thing that they screwed up with. And, that, and, and I guess you could say screwed up, but at the time that they set this up, they never meant for the District of Columbia, this 10-mile square area, they never meant for it to be inhabited full-time by people. And so what they omitted and what they failed to to handle is the fact that anyone that was born in the district of columbia because it is not a state in the union it's not one of the several states it is a state in and of itself but it is not part of the union 
because of that, they did not have anything in the Constitution for how that person, that child that is born in the District of Columbia, would ever be a citizen of the country. They, they, there's nothing in the Constitution about that. And, and you'll see, you know, how this kind of progressed as we go. But the, that's something worth mentioning. Um, so now we got Article 1, Section 10. It says no, stout, no state shall enter a treaty. And, and it kind of goes through a little bit of the obligations of, of that. But the main thing I want to say here is no, no state or the federal government can make a law impairing the obligation of contracts. So the, what that's essentially saying is that if you have a contract that you have signed with someone or a company, you can't get out of that contract by claiming that you have a first or a fifth or, you know, 10th amendment, right? It, it is completely out of the, the context of the constitution. You're in a contract. So now that contract, the laws of that contract take precedence over the constitution. And you're going to see why this is important in a little bit. So, that's another thing that, that you need to remember. So now we've got Article 4, Section 2. This tells you that the citizens of each state shall be entitled to the privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is that you will notice that it is talking about the citizens of the several states and the citizens of states. So they are not saying citizens of the United States shall have these rights. They are acknowledging the fact that citizens are of a state, not of the federal government. Now, to, to further prove this is you've got law dictionaries that were that were being used up until the Civil War, and there is nothing in any of those law dictionaries that references a United States citizen. That term did not even exist until we got the 14th Amendment. So that is something that you have to keep in mind is that as a natural-born citizen, a natural-born person in that state, that is your citizenship you are forever a citizen of that state that you were born in now you can reside in other states and you're still a citizen and you're still protected by the constitution primarily because of this particular article but you're you're forever a citizen of in my case i'm always going to be a citizen of georgia i am i that is the state that i was born in and that's where you know i i, I came from so that is something that you need to keep in mind. The other thing is that this is Article 5 or Article 4, Section 3, and it says the Congress shall have the power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory. Now, the only thing that has territories is the District of Columbia because they that, that's kind of how all this stuff got kicked off or other property belonging to the United States. Again, don't get confused when you see the word the United States and think that that is the country. That's where we've all been ignorant. We, we have always assumed that when you see the words the United States, that that represents the whole country, all 50 states. That is absolutely incorrect. The United States is referring to the District of Columbia. So you have got to keep that in your mind because when you start reading the code sections and the things that you're liable for, you're going to notice a very strange set of sentences and wording to, to confuse you into believing that they're talking about the country. But they always are very clear about what they're talking about as long as you understand that the United States is not the country. 
So now we've got Article Four or uh, Article Four, Section Four. Um, it says the United States shall guarantee to every state in the union. Again, if 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 these were the same thing, this comment doesn't make any sense at all because. How could you say the United States shall guarantee to every United States? It's saying the United States shall guarantee to every state in the union a Republican form of government. Now, the, the one thing I want to mention here is that when you hear Donald Trump and all of the senators and all of the you know, news media always constantly talking about this is an assault on our democracy, we are not a freaking democracy. We are a Republican form of government. Democracies are the first step to socialism. They, they, to say that you're a democracy is absolutely against the Constitution. We are not a Constitution. And the federal government, the United States, the District of Columbia, shall guarantee to every state in the union a Republican form of government. So that is a guarantee by the Constitution that the federal government has violated. And, and we need to force them to go back to what they guaranteed when they signed this contract. And, and for all intents and purposes, the Constitution is a contract between the states, the citizens, and the federal government. So Article 5, the Congress, whenever two-thirds, this is about constitutional amendments. The only way that you can get a constitutional amendment is by this. So you, whenever two-thirds of the House and the Senate vote on something then they, to, to amend the Constitution, that goes through. And once you get two-thirds two -thirds of, of them, then you go to the several states. And, the, and, and this is actually talking about some other stuff about constitutional, about the uh, 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 states calling us constitutional convention. Um, I, I don't really care about that for this particular conversation, so we're going to skip over that. But the main thing is that in order, in either of those cases, in order for the, the constitutional amendment to be ratified, three-fourths of all the states, for however many there are at that particular point in time, have to ratify that particular constitutional amendment in order for it to become law. Now, I want to point out that in, I don't even know if you can find this book any longer. I've had this book for a very long time. Um, this is a book that everyone should actually go and try to, to get a hold of if you can. It's called The Law That Never Was, and it's something that you really ought to go read. Um, it absolutely undeniably there's no way to work around it because it has all of the the legislation uh stuff in here that these guys went around to every single state and pulled the records to verify the 16th amendment so their goal was to to prove that the amendment that the irs always attempts to use to say that we have to pay income tax is actually bogus it actually was never ratified however I am going to show you that it really doesn't matter. It does matter. It needs to be pulled out of our Constitution because it is not properly ratified. But it really doesn't change the fact that we still don't have to pay income tax. So we'll get into that in another in another podcast. But right now, just understand that it takes three quarters of the states to ratify a constitutional amendment. And then in Article 6, the Constitution and laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, 
and all treaties made shall be made or shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. So essentially, if the United States signs a treaty with a foreign nation, then that treaty becomes law for all of the different states. It, it's something that the Constitution set up. Now, I'm assuming that this was set up because when if the United States sets up an agreement with a foreign country that we're going to do whatever, then it wouldn't make sense for any one of the states to violate that that treaty because the United States is there to represent the the you know the homogeny of the entire country, not just a few of the states. So that's basically what this is doing for us. Um, so that is the premise behind all of what we have to deal with now. What we're going to do in the, the next video or the next podcast is I'm going to start getting into the actual court cases that backs up a lot of what is going on here. But before we leave this, this particular podcast, I want to mention something. When, you, when, when the constitutional amendment was made for the 14th Amendment, which is the one that says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. I want to focus on this before we leave because there's a very important thing that you need to catch here. First of all, this says that anyone born in the United States, I want you to remember the United States is the District of Columbia, post offices, federal buildings, all of those types of things. So you would have to be born in the federal zone in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. I've already mentioned, and I'm going to prove in the next podcast, that states are sovereign to each other as well as to the federal government. They cannot pass laws that are going to pass that sovereignty. They can't, the United States cannot pass a law that, that is valid inside of the state of Georgia, for example. Therefore, when this says, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, they are talking about anybody born in the United States, in the District of Columbia, that are subject to its jurisdiction. And the only way you would be subject to that jurisdiction is if you actually were born in that area or in one of their territories, or sometimes they call them states, but they're not the several states. They are completely different from each other. So when this 14th Amendment got created, it actually created a whole new citizen. Something that never existed before. And in the next podcast, I'm going to get into the Supreme Court cases that prove that this is actually the case. But just remember that the 14th Amendment created a whole brand new type of citizen. And one of the things that you need to pay attention to is the fact that the word citizen in this amendment is lowercase. They are not the people, the, the sovereigns that we were talking about earlier. These are new citizens. These are a new type of citizens that are created only in the District of, of Columbia. And they are the ones that the District of Columbia, the United States, actually have sovereignty over they actually have the ability to jurisdict their jurisdiction over these people which means that these citizens have while they do have 
kind of a protection from the United States Constitution, they actually have no rights. They are the, the federal government for all intents and purposes is a dictatorship. It is there with a president and a Congress and all of that kind of stuff. But those people, that body of people have the ability to do anything they want to in the district of Columbia. So when you see these people breaking the law and never, nothing ever happens to them. And we're all sitting here going, Hey, the constitution says that, you know, we're all supposed to be following the constitution, not in the district of Columbia. They are special people. They're privileged in the district of Columbia, not in the state, but in that, in that district where they are residing, where they're passing all these laws and doing all of these illegal things, they can, because they're the ones that make up the rules in that area. So you need to learn where you're from. Don't assume anything. Everything that we're going to learn going from this point forward is going to be related to your life and the things that you actually have the ability to do on your own. And I hate to say it because I, I, I absolutely despise most of the people that are in this movement, but the sovereign citizens are 100% correct in almost everything they're saying. Now they have some out of out and left wing claims. They are very confrontational. They have no evidence to back up any of the things that they're saying. And we're going to back it up. We're going to actually show you the Supreme court cases, the code sections and everything else that, that exposes this conspiracy because of, like everything else in, in the past couple years all the conspiracies, conspiracies are actually coming true so we need some new ones so stay tuned we're going to get into this a little bit deeper in the next podcast but right now I just want to set the stage for the constitutional point of view with respect to citizenship and the states and the federal government